Modern Mind Huff podcast. I am your host, Richard Huffman. This is the only podcast devoted to, yet unaffiliated with, the Modern Mind Huff gang. Uh, we talk about the Modern Mind Huff gang, left wing urban German terrorism of the 1970s, student radicalism, and other related ephemera. And it is now a few days past Memorial Day here in the United States. And I'd like to do a belated podcast honoring Lieutenant Colonel Paul Bloomquist. So who is Lieutenant Colonel Paul Bloomquist? Well, he recently, in fact, on Memorial Day, he was honored by the state of Utah and inducted into their Aviation Hall of Fame. Um, And the reason I'm talking about him is because he was the first American victim of the Bader-Meinhof gang. Um, He was killed by a bomb um, on May 11th, I think it was, 1972, um, in Frankfurt at the 5th Corps headquarters. He was, um, he was, it was, it was the late afternoon, early evening, and he was walking across the street from his office into the officer's club to change some money into Deutschmarks. Um, he passed by a, um, a man named Peter Glier. If you listen to my other podcasts, I think about a month ago, uh, I featured an interview with him. Um, Peter Glier bumped into him. He, he, they, they never met before and they, uh, they heard, uh, an, well, later he realized it was an explosion, but they heard what they thought was thunder off in the distance. Um, and one of them commented to the other, boy, it doesn't look like it should be thundering. It doesn't look like rain. Um, and of course, in retrospect, that they real or Mr. Glier realized that was actually one of the first bombs going off in the main building. Um, so uh, Colonel Bloomquist walked into or just about into the um, officers club um, building, and there was a flower pot right in the front entrance. And unbeknownst to him, there was a bomb in that flower pot. It went off. It blew up and um and a piece of shrapnel um hit colonel bloomquist and and killed him almost instantly he it was massive massive trauma um so um but so why was colonel bloomquist honored in the aviation hall of fame well prior to him serving in frankfurt he was in vietnam and he was a medevac pilot um, he was, you know, the battlefield in any battlefield, it is the most dangerous place on earth at that given moment. This is the place that most people, if they're there, want to get out of and nobody in their right mind runs to a battlefield except for people like Colonel Bloomquist. Um, as a medevac pilot, hundreds and hundreds of times he would get into his Huey, fly into a battlefield, rescue um, soldiers, um, South Vietnamese soldiers, American soldiers, and take them back to their base. Um, He served in Vietnam twice. He served in the late 60s and he served from 64 to 65. And this was back when few people even knew we were in Vietnam. And he served... um, it's kind of remarkable when you think about his career back then. He he flew hundreds and hundreds of missions. He had he earned so many medals. I mean, he'd need a steamer trunk to hold all of them. He earned, I think, like 35 or 36 air medals. He earned three Purple Hearts for injuries sustained in the battle. 
he earned um, four Distinguished Flying Crosses, three um, Vietnamese Crosses for Gallantry. Um, one of those Distinguished Flying Crosses was for something that happened on June 22nd, no, 21st, 1964. This was, he was flying into battle and his Huey, as often happened, was taking on arms fire and a bullet ripped through the cabin of his Huey and right through him and severely injured him. In fact, just inches one way or another, it could have hit his femoral artery and, and killed him. But he was severely, severely injured. And he declined medical care, declined to return back to the base. He wanted to make sure he got, he landed that helicopter, picked up those injured people and flew them back to the, um, to the base. And then he did it again. And then he did it again. For 13 more hours, he refused medical care. He flew back and forth between the base and the battlefield, rescuing soldiers, rescuing injured. I mean, it was a remarkable act of bravery. He did all through the day and right into the night, um, consistently refusing medical care to save the lives of all of these soldiers. Um, it's a remarkable act of bravery. I honestly don't know what goes into somebody earning the Medal of Honor, but his actions that day certainly seem to qualify um, to me. So um, he, it, it was interesting because in 1965, Time Magazine, for whatever reason, chose to do a profile of all people of Lieutenant Colonel Paul Bloomquist. And the headline was called The Gamest Bastards of All. It was about medevac pilots in general, but it, it focused on him. And it's a it's a great title. I'm going to read you a little bit of this article because people have this perception that that we didn't know what was going on in Vietnam. And it wasn't till like 1970 that they really started or the late seven early 70s when they really started covering how grim the war was. This is what they were saying in basically 64, 65. Um, OK, um, in 18 months of duty in South Vietnam, Burly, green-eyed Major Bloomquist, 32, has flown 750 combat missions, been wounded three times, won 27 citations. In the process, he's rescued 800 wounded soldiers and carted home more corpses than he cares to remember. To help counter the pervasive stench of death and mutilation, medevac pilots and crewmen stuff their nostrils with Vicks VapoRub, and they are curiously unwilling to make friends with infantrymen. You don't want to get too close to people... When you know tomorrow they may be dead, Bloomquist explains, there's no place for sentiment in this business. Yet the job takes plenty of heart as well as guts. And the medevac teams are known throughout South Vietnam as the gamest bastards of all. Their deep-chested $250,000 Huey choppers, capacity 10 each, have evacuated 8,864 wounded troopers, Vietnamese and Americans, since 1962. Through the end of last year, fully 20% of the personnel in Bloomquist detachment have been killed in action and another 45% wounded, even though their unarmed, unarmored ships are clearly marked with red crosses on their nose. Um, I, I had the honor of speaking with um, Colonel Bloomquist's brother, Wayne, today. Um, and I was really appreciated to be able to talk to him, to learn more about him. And, and, you know, I got the sense that, um, Wayne was his little brother. He's six years younger than Colonel Bloomquist, but he clearly has fond memories of him. And, and you get the sense that, um, Colonel Bloomquist was, um, he was a tough guy. Um, he was also a real fun guy. And, and at one point, um, Wayne called, 
uh, Paul Bloomquist crazy, and he clearly meant it in the most affectionate way possible. He would he would never back down from a fight. Love um, scrapping it, and was just a tough guy, and clearly the right kind of guy to be a an aggressive medevac pilot. I mean, we were very fortunate to have somebody like him um, serving. Um, I mean, the Vietnam War was just an awful, just to me, an awful in retrospect, waste of a war. But thank God there was people like Bloomquist there to help um, save the lives of these soldiers that were not even remotely involved in the politics of that war. Um, so I, you know, I can't help but think after, after the, after uh, he was killed, um, the, the Badermayev group released a, a, a communique from the Petrashelm commando where they explained that, um, you know, that this was in retaliation for the Vietnam War. It was a retaliation for the Americans mining North Vietnamese Harbor. And and they took great glee in the fact that they had killed a decorated Vietnam veteran. I'm certain they assumed when they found out he was decorated that it meant that he had probably killed a lot of North Vietnamese. So they really took great pride in that. And I, I can't help but think, I don't think it would have made any difference, but it sure would have been nice had they known that instead of, um, instead of uh, killing Vietnamese, he actually saved the lives of hundreds and hundreds of men. Probably wouldn't have made a difference, but to me it makes a lot of difference. So um, anyway, I thought you would like to know a little bit more about Lieutenant Colonel Paul Bloomquist, hero, recent inductee into the, Utah Aviation Hall of Fame and the first American victim of the Bader-Meinhof group. So a um, couple final thoughts. One is, as always, if you have any thoughts or comments, email me. I love to hear from people. Uh, you can email me at richard at richardhuffman.com. Um, also, if you uh, listen to this on iTunes, um, I think I've had a grand total of two or maybe three people say they like it and, 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 uh, and uh, put a comment on it, and I need to get more than two or three up there. So if you like the podcast, put uh, go to iTunes and and leave a positive comment. Um, also, uh, the next podcast will probably be a recent interview I did with Robert Storr, who is probably the most distinguished art historian slash curator in the United States. Um, he's the head of the uh, Yale School of Art, and it was a interesting interview talking about his acquisition of the famous Gerhard Richter cycle of Bader-Meinhof paintings. Um, and one last thing, if anybody listening lives in Frankfurt or is planning on visiting Frankfurt, I have a mission for you if you have a digital camera. There's a couple things I would love to get pictures of for Mr. Wayne Bloomquist um, relating to his brother. So let me know if you do. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. I hope you found this interesting and I hope you keep listening. Bottom line, huh?